This is the Do You Cash Flow podcast, the place to learn a variety of ways that everyday people like you cash flow, with your hosts, Luke Barber and Kyle Balif. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and share it with someone you feel would benefit from it. Welcome back to Do You Cash Flow. I'm Luke Barber. It's Kyle Balif. And today we are on with Lindsay Sutherland, who is kind of a Jill of all trades. She specializes, her background is in real estate. She's created online businesses. She helps small businesses. And I don't want to ruin her story because it's a great one. And I'm just going to go ahead and let her uh, talk to you a little bit and tell us, tell us a little bit, a little bit about herself. Lindsay, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here today. Thanks. I am beyond grateful. What a what a fun opportunity this is going to be for, for us, and I think everybody listening, too. I'm grateful to be here. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what your background is and how you got started doing what you're doing. All right. Well, I originally started, my, my career was in the automotive industry. I spent 20 years in sales and marketing. Um, I did everything from service writer all the way through internet director. And uh, really ultimately decided that it was not for me. Now, at the pinnacle of my career, I was working at a phenomenal dealership. It was the number one rated dealership in the, in the state of Arizona. Okay. And I had the most cake job possible. I worked eight to five Monday through Friday, which if anybody knows the car business, like I got that privilege because of my hard work. Wow. And yeah. it, it was, yeah, blessed, let me say. And I was making over six, you know, like six figures. Let me say that. Wow. With it a was Monday a through Friday, nine to night. five. That's great. Yes, I know. And I was, I was on the surface of it thinking, oh my goodness, I, I should be more grateful. And, you know, we're blessed because I have this wonderful opportunity. I could have just ridden out and they wanted me there for another 20 years. This was sure. like a mom and pop shop. Okay. They wanted everybody to be lifers, people retire, and I just couldn't even fathom it. One day, the yeah. GM said to me, hey, Lindsay, you know, we want to see you here for 20 years, because he got wind of what I was doing in my in my spare time. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. And um, I said, well, you know, sure, sure. But inside, I was just like, there's no way. There's just no way I could see myself here. I wanted to be home with my kids. I wanted that freedom lifestyle. I wanted yeah. to live in a pretty place. I just had all these dreams. Well, in my bio, you know, you could see it on my website. Both of my parents passed away before they ever made it to retirement. And um. I could never believe that living out our days working in the mm-hmm. nine to five, right? No mm-hmm. matter how amazing it was. Mm-hmm. And then someday living our best life just did not sit with me because there's no guarantee of someday. So yep. I just said, no, I have to follow my heart. And my heart was calling me, my husband too, because we talked about it a lot, uh-huh. uh, to move to a rural city. We wanted to raise our boys at the time. We had um, three boys and then our daughter came later. Okay, And we wanted to be in in the country. So... We ended up doing that. I, I picked up and we moved. No no job, no plan. But we did have some passive income, right? We can talk about that in a little bit. We had a couple of rental properties that were helping us. We paid down a lot of our debt. So thankfully, we were nice. we were in a good shape financially to do that. And our house had equity. Yes. But we, we got up here. And, um, you know, a little bit of my story, I know we kind of talked about it before, was that I had always been the primary income earner in our family. And it was a really 
difficult struggle to go from being the primary income earner to trying to also develop a passive income, you know, cash flow business on the side and generate enough money to survive. Yeah, to pay the and bills. And live. Sure. Beyond survival, right? Let's sure. Be real. We don't want to just survive. <laughs> yes. Yes. Unfortunately, <laughs> At least I wasn't okay with that. <laughs> right. Unfortunately, that's the problem with passive income sometimes is it doesn't come immediately, right? It's something that pays off a little exactly. bit later down the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I hadn't had enough of a taste of it to know what the oper- what the possibility was for me. Right. And then just for years struggling with that time, you know, I'm working and then I'm dealing with the kids and the family and then finding that little bit of time to get that passive income going. Yes. Those kinds of stories, you know. Sure. I ended up moving and we ended up I ended up working for a log home company up here. And I was I was kind of, as you said, the Jill of all trades. I was their accounting person. I also did their marketing. And I helped them create a passive income stream for their business that aligned with their brand and also, like, directed customers back to them. Nice. And I ended up writing a book for them in the process. That was the passive income was this, like, log home planning guide. Well, it dawned on me eventually. I'm like, you know, this is my specialty. Like, this is what I am really good at. Yeah. And I'm really tired of just doing it for everybody else. Like it is time for me to do it for myself. Mm-hmm. And I made that choice partly in, in thanks to COVID because it forced me to have my home, my kids at home Yes. and trying to work full time, trying to keep, manage children that were in the house, yep. you know, all of the things that so many parents juggled during that time really yep. forced me to reevaluate what I was going to do. Yeah. And it was a no brainer. It's like, I have to homeschool my kids. I want to be home with them. It's not even a have to, it's a want to. I want to, yeah. And it's time, yeah. And it's time that I move away from this. Like, I'm not an accountant. I'm a idea generator. Like, I can't even believe I found myself in a bookkeeping role. It really still blows my mind to this day. (laughs) Yeah, that's total 180 from somebody who's creative (laughs) to somebody who's usually not too creative. Exactly. It was definitely not my favorite, but thinking is I'm like a task oriented person, so I could just get through it, but it wasn't fun for me. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, what was fun is the marketing side of it. I got really good at driving traffic to their site. I got really good at creating a Pinterest strategy and we got a blog strategy. We started a podcast. Yes. I mean, I had so many little pieces moving for them. I'm like, man, oh man, if I can do this with this company, I can do this with any company. But yeah. this is where the really, the magic came for me okay. is because of my backstory is my dad was a service-based business owner. Okay. He was a flooring contractor. And uh, I realized, you know, the struggle of that service-based business owner where there's that, there's always that time versus money conundrum. Yes. You know, they're either chasing the client or serving the client or getting the next one, you know, in this circle and I wanted to rescue people like (laughs) that's where I can explain it like I just have to I feel like this intermission to Uh help people escape from that and be able to unplug from their business without it affecting their bottom line or on the flip side of that set themselves up so that when they retire they can retire with cash flow okay So that's my personal mission. Like that's where I'm at. And the cool part is with my background in internet marketing and internet sales, um, I have this, I have like all the tools I've like, I got paid to get, I got, I got paid during my education. (laughs) Some people go to college and pay for it. I got paid to be taught all these different various aspects of it and to try them out and to put them to test. 
So I'm just like, man, this is exactly what I'm here to do. And nice. that's what bred, you know, led me to where I'm at now. Nice. That's great. That's a great story. Um, so right, so right off the bat, I, I have to, I have to ask you this because I've, I've had thoughts of doing that before, right? I've kind of learned how to do a lot of things online. Um, I know a lot of different, you know, softwares and different things, how to make them work together, how to automate processes and systems and all these kind of things, right? So here, here's my first question to you, and we may be kind of jumping in, you know, deep already. But um, so when you started doing this, did you? I'm assuming because I have very little experience doing this. Like I said, I've just thought about doing it before. But did you just start kind of reaching out and trying to contact businesses to offer your services? Is that kind of how you got started doing it for other, other um, businesses? Or Believe it or not, start? I started out trying to pay my bills. Okay. So in that, in, in, the first thing I did when I was ready to leave and it was time for me to transition from my W2 to like work for Lindsay Mode, Yes. I had to have clients of some sort. Right. And at that point, what I, what I was really good at was marketing. Okay. So I started kind of freelancing and okay. that put me in connection with a lot of small business owners, people who needed help with social media, content okay. marketing, email writing, website copy, all of that was, I was naturally gifted at it. And surprisingly, I had no idea I was even gifted at it. It wasn't until I started talking to some people and they were like, you're really good with words. I said, I guess, yeah. I, guess I am. So uh -huh. I, I, that kind of grew really fast, almost okay. to the point where I couldn't even keep up because I realized, holy smokes, I have so many clients now. I need to get back to passive income, like stay yeah. on the mission. That's yeah. been one of those things. Like I'm always going back to that, you know? Yeah. 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 What helped me the most was to, you know, schedule my time. Like Mondays are my days. Mondays are my days to focus on passive income for my business okay. only. Because even though I'm helping other business owners, still that's time for money, right? Even yeah. if I'm coaching or, you know, even developing courses and I have passive courses. Irregardless, it's a lot of times it's the it's a time for money exchange, especially on the high ticket side of it, right? Sure. But in the, in the interim, what I'm also wanting to always be building out is better blogs. I want to get better at my marketing for like, I want to get so honed in that I know I can write a blog and it's going to like be a huge success. Like I want to have that skill down. You know how we are, we're our worst critic. Like everybody's yes. telling me I'm good with words and I'm over here like, but I'm not good enough, right? right. <laughs> I'm still thinking I've got more to learn. Yes. So I'm constantly educating myself and working harder to experiment in the marketplace and see what I can do and test things out and try them and see what's working to drive traffic. I got to tell you, I don't know if it was what happened with the log home company, but I mean, we had pins that went viral, like millions of views. They, they went, I took them in 18 months from 600 followers on Pinterest to over 6,000. Wow. In 18 months with yeah. their Pinterest, with the Pinterest strategy. The Pinterest so board. it was just, that was just one strategy that we used. Uh -huh. um, to drive traffic to that, to their website and, and specifically to sell that log book. Okay. And that was, and that was an online business or an offline business? So it's a brick and mortar business. Well, here was the interesting thing about that business. When I started there, there, there's small, like 25 employee operation here in North Idaho. We're 30 minutes South of the Canadian border in a town of 3000 people. So it's a very small town. Yeah. Very niche specific. It is. And they build handcrafted log homes and they deliver them anywhere in the world. Oh, okay? cool. Yes. So their budget was that of a local 
business, right? Like you might have a mom and pop shop type budget, but their, their challenge was, and this is what was so cool for me because I love challenges like this. They said, we need to get past Google. Google is hindering us because it keeps only driving people to our website that are searching for Idaho log home builders. But if somebody lives in Florida, yeah. yeah. And if someone's in Florida, but they're moving to North Carolina, you know, they're not, this company wasn't showing up anywhere. And I said, well, we got to crack this code. Like I got to figure this out on a very, very small budget. Yes. And so that's what really started this whole exploratory like mission for me where I really got to see what I could do. Okay. That's when we started the podcast because the podcast was going to get global reach. I mean, it ranks, their podcast ranks in usually five countries every week. Wow. It's amazing how much it's done. Then we have the the Pinterest strategy and the blogs and all of these things going to where they're getting inundated. Like their traffic on their website has doubled um, ever, you know, since starting this. So that's kind of essentially what led me to it. And the coolest part about the whole thing was, is their marketing budget stayed the exact same when I took over from, and then from the year before. The yep. difference was what we did because they've yep. been doing a lot of magazine um, advertisements, which were expensive and yes. not working. Yeah. And you can't measure them. Right. Really? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of where I got like into it and really started to figure out and hone my craft okay. even more. Realize like, but your, your question about like knowing um, what works and kind of how to figure it out. It was, it's when I talk to somebody, I have a gift of being able to hear from the very beginning, so let's say I'm talking to a business owner who wants passive income, but they really aren't sure what they're doing, what, what they want to do or how to make it work or what product to pick. And they're just kind of very at the very beginning of confusion. Yes. I have this gift of being able to listen to what they have to say and help them find a product that is specific to their brand. Okay. Because I understand the buyer cycle because of my experience, okay. right? With the, yes. with the funnel. Yes. So I can help them target like what I usually say, just to kind of give you a little synopsis. Uh-huh. You know, when we talk about a buyer psychology coming into any business, small business, online business, it doesn't matter. Yep. The first step is the tire kicker phase. I know I'm like leading on my car business phase, but right. you know, that's what happens. And those people need information. Yep. Well, I would ask, why would we invest our time and energy trying to convert people in the information stage to make a purchase. Like they're not ready. They need to stair step themselves into that through that decision process. Mm -hmm. The next is what like equating it to cars, right? First we know we want a truck. Then we decide, okay, now we want a, whatever your favorite kind of truck is. I'm always afraid to say, because it's always the wrong one. (laughs) (laughs) Insert your car here or insert your truck here. Uh I don't want to offend you by choosing one brand. Uh (laughs) Some people are very, very particular. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And then the next step down would be, you know, the no like and trust phase. Like those people are ready to not just decide what kind of car they want, but who they're going to buy from. Yep. And then the final ones are the ready to like walk in to put the money down on the vehicle. So in that mindset, like we can look and evaluate your client buying cycle and what questions they're asking, what kind of information do they need and really help pinpoint a passive product that's going to target them at that information gathering stage, which is essentially like on the log home planning guide, right? These are people who needed to know what steps to take. Mm -hmm. They're not ready to decide who they're going to buy from, but now they have the book branded with this company's name in their hands, right? And they're writing in the book. It's a journal. Like, 
that was just a great product because with log homes specifically, sometimes the conversions can take a year or three. Right, right. <laughs> so yeah, that was really another problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So now we have people who've, who've got their marketing material for all that time, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where my niche is. That's where I've really learned to, you know, follow my instincts and understand what I can do to help people. That's so, great. Yeah, so I, <clears throat> excuse me. I kind of want to expound on that real quick. So you kind of just told me what you're, it's basically you can hear your passion coming out of that. There's no question about that. And uh, that's kind of, so I want to hone in on that. So if you were talking to uh, basically me about wanting to expand my business, which is, uh, well, obviously it's several businesses of real estate, but expanding this podcast and turning it into a business, how, what would you tell me and how would you start that interview uh, mainly, and another thing, I've been told that we should probably write a book and it would help generate more, um, what's the word, expound our audience by In, writing interest, a interest because we had a book about who we are and what our goal is here and what, what everything about do you cash flow. So what are your thoughts on mm-hmm. that and, and kind of how would you come about it with us, I guess? Okay, so any product that you choose, either a book or monetizing a podcast, irregardless, it comes back to the traffic. I mean, this is what you were just talking about in the, in the episode I was listening to. Yep. And it is the truth. I, I, you know, one of the people I was talking with here and I was helping her because she was stuck. She had a past, she was a coach and she had written a book, but the problem was she spent more of her time peddling her book and really her, most of her sales were going to her customers, her clients. Mm-hmm. And she was frustrated because she was published twice and she was on Amazon. Mm -hmm. So when we dive into it, the first thing I did was ask questions. And that's what I would do here is ask you, you know, well, what are you doing? What's working? What's not working? Are you monetizing your podcast now? If you are, what are you doing? What can we do more of? And then if you want to write a book, even if you promote your book on the podcast, ultimately the book is, you're already driving traffic to the podcast. The only thing the book is doing is helping you monetize the podcast, right? Right. Yes. But you want the, you want the book to also, you want to leverage the book to drive traffic to your podcast. So they, they could work back and forth. So then the next question would be, how would we go about marketing the book? Mm-hmm. And I would say to you, the first thing I would start by doing is definitely get a publisher. publisher. Um, and it doesn't even have to be a major publisher. Nowadays, there's so many small publishers yeah. out there and they will help you launch even ebooks have like there's more to launching an ebook than you might think i personally looked oh, into tons. this because i've written two two books of my own and i'm like what is it going to take the yeah. last thing i would ever recommend somebody to do is just try to self-publish on amazon i'm not saying it couldn't work because we all know anything's possible that's like the true optimism of an entrepreneur talking there but um <laughs> but <laughs> but ultimately we want it to be, we want to more guarantee that success. So I would definitely help partner you up with somebody or people that I know who could help you go through that process of, you know, writing the book, getting it edited, putting together a launch team, scheduling it out, putting the promo behind it and really make it pop because you wouldn't want to just, you wouldn't want it to just flop. But even after you get through all that, then the next step is the long haul, right? Like how can we create an evergreen marketing strategy so that you don't have to hustle your book link, right? You don't want to have to do that. So there you go back into either uh, creating the blog using Pinterest strategy is usually 
really a strong one. I, I rely, I come back to Pinterest so often. It's not even funny. And it's amazing how many people don't think about Pinterest. I, I say that yeah. and they're like, Oh, I didn't even think about Pinterest. Yeah. But Pinterest, Pinterest so oh, amazing. Oh, you're fine. You know, so so I was just going to say Pinterest, Pinterest, you know, as you talk about the buyer cycle, right? Pinterest is the research stage, right? People are researching, mm -hmm. you know, ideas. They're, they're researching, you know, like I'm, 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 thinking of, of say real estate, for example, or, or in the case of what you're talking about with a log home, they're, they're researching, how do I want my log home to look? What do I want the interior to look like? What do I want the in exterior to look like? You know, how big of a plot of land, blah, blah, blah. They're doing all that research. And so Pinterest gives them all the ideas. And so that's, you know, and so that's a perfect jumping off point from I'm doing all this research to, okay, now I've done all my research, you know, that some people that takes them, you know, a couple days, some people take some weeks or months. But once right. they've once they've got that that plan, that idea of what they want, then if your ad or your product or your book or your e ebook or whatever it is, you know, that they that they can either do more research with or now I'm ready to buy a log home or whatever, now that's the next jumping off point. Whereas I think some other social media uh, companies, like for Facebook, for example, you know, I know a lot of times Facebook, it's it's just kind of a shotgun out there. It's like let's let's see who's interested in this thing, whatever it is that we're doing, and so they have a much longer nurture cycle to kind of you know bring people to the next stage of research and then to eventually to you know buying. But but you're right, Pinterest is is definitely a, a great platform for for finding buyers. Well. And Pinterest is a search engine. So many people think it's a social media platform, but it's really right. not. And the cool thing about pins is they live forever. The other yeah. cool thing is like with Facebook, you're targeting the audience. You're basically doing your best to get your ad in front of the right person. And that yeah. is a shotgun approach. Yeah. But with Pinterest, you put your keyword out there, you put your, your pin out there. And when someone's searching, they're looking for it, right? So they're excited to see what, what pops up because they're looking for it. Yes. But you know what is even more awesome about Pinterest? And this is something I would even tell you to do now before you launch your book is test the marketplace with your copy. Test your um, headlines, test your content, test your yeah. book title, and yeah. you can drive all that to your blog and track the traffic. And that way, when you do launch your book, you're going to know what titles are going to convert, right? Right. So that's a great way to do it for very, very little money. And you can walk into it really confidently. Yeah, for sure. What What gave you when you, well, and maybe you never struggled with this. I feel like every entrepreneur struggles with this, but what what did you do in your life when you might have had those times where you're like, is this really going to work? Am I, you know, where, where you're kind of in the middle of the struggle and, and you know what you want, but you still have, you know, a bit longer to go with it. What did you do to kind of stay confident and, and keep going when you might've had times? Cause I, I mean, I'm saying this because for, from my own perspective and my wife would verify this, but I'm very up and down, right? Some days it's like, Oh man, this was really great. And Oh, I, I, I can see the vision and I can see what I want and it's, it's there, it's coming, it's close. But then you, and then the next day you turn around and it's like, Oh my gosh, there's so much work to be done. I don't know if I'm going to have <laughs> the energy to do this, you know? So what, what did you do personally to, to kind of have, to keep your confidence up and to keep pushing forward when maybe there were days that you didn't feel like it was going to come to fruition? Well, I know that's number a very one, deep I talked to myself. 
No, it's great. I love these kinds of questions because this is truly what the this is what it's like. I mean, being an entrepreneur, even if we have a full time job, but we have that entrepreneurial spirit, we're yeah. always second guessing ourselves, especially when we're doing something we're really passionate about. Because, like you said, we get like this burst of energy and feel so like, yes, this is going to work, and yeah. then all of a sudden we start to say, oh, well, this guy's got that, and his looks so much better, and oh my goodness, <laughs> look what they're doing, and yep. I have so much more I could be doing, and yeah. I, you know, and we immediately like see the staircase just shooting up in front of us, and we feel small again. Yep. I will have to say, I think my experience in the car business helped me with that because we had a, we had a phrase in the car business, you're only as good as your last month. And when you're working oh, on straight commission, yeah, you, you can end the top dog, but the next month you're zero again. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's zero. <laughs> yeah. Right. We're all you back. Know? We're all equal now again. <laughs> yeah. And that was every month for 20 years. You know, I was in commission. It didn't matter if I was in service or sales, like it yeah. was commission and so uh being able to have that tenacity of the mind and that resilience was something i think i cultivated early on in my career okay but what's gotten me through has because i still struggle with it even to this day sure is i always try to picture the big picture and i remind myself that it's not about what i've gotten done so far it's about what i'm getting done right now the baby steps like right but today i can get this done and i know this is getting me there and i just kind of talk myself through it all of the time. Like I would, I would counsel anybody. Like if I'll even say like, well, if I was coaching somebody, what would I say right now? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) This is what I'm going to say to myself, you know, for sure. Yeah. Self-talk. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Great, great words. I think every entrepreneur goes through that, that I call it the ADD stage. Whether you have ADD or not, you kind of go through that. Like, this is a good idea. This is a good idea, but I can't really decide on what I really want to do. And yeah. one day it's this, one day it's that. And it takes a while to actually figure out what it is. And even when you finally pick, you question yourself if that was the right choice. At least me, I question myself almost daily. That what, I'm, what am I even doing? Especially in real estate. Well, but, I know. well, anything. Because, you know, first of all, one thing I learned early on was that I don't have to pick one thing. I remember when I very first started looking at building a coaching business, this was... One of my ventures into trying to quit the car business, like I told you in our pre-chat, like my experience was always trying to quit the car business. And ironically, I look back after 20 years and go, you know what? That was probably one of the best things that ever happened to me. Yes, that was my <laughs> best education it. ever. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. But ironically, the entire time I'm trying to get out of it. Well, yeah. one of those times I was working on building up a coaching business and it was just going to be life coaching. I always had this irking feeling inside of me every time I said life coach. I have to applaud anybody who's able to do it. But personally for me, I wanted more of a business, like tangible transformation yeah. and not just that I want to make you feel better about your life. Right. And, like, and I be don't your know, cheerleader. That wasn't me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And so I, I think I struggled with that the most, but you know, when we were in the very beginning phase, I remember this one lady was trying to help me just decide on who my niche is. You know, you got to uh-huh. figure out who your avatar is. They all sort of talk about that. And, um, I struggled with that so much. It wasn't until I, I said fully with that whole thing and said, I'm just going to do me. I'm going to just do passive income. Like, this is what I want. I'm, I coaching is trading time for money. Why am I even thinking about that? Like yes. it's one of those moments where I had to rein myself back in because I was looking at the short term cash influx. Yep. And 
once I started really getting into what I know and, and doing it for me, that's when I'm like, okay, now I know what I'm doing for everybody else. Like now I actually feel that burning, like Brendan Burchard. Um, I don't know if you've ever read his book. I haven't, but, but I'm familiar about, with him. Okay. In his book, The Millionaire Messenger, he talks about how like there's a common thread amongst people who are influencers. And I don't mean like Instagram influencers. I mean sure. like change makers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Good clarification. <laughs> they, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he said that the common thread is that they have this like feeling like they are here for a purpose bigger than themselves. It's almost like a requirement that they make a difference in somebody's life in whatever way that they're being moved to do that. Yes. And that's where I feel like over the last few years, I have finally just seated myself into this mission. It is so crystal clear. It is so from the inside out. You know, I feel like it is just God pushing me into this, like, here yeah. I am. This is what I'm doing. Yeah, this is what and you're meant to do. It, yeah, and like I'm aligned. It feels so good. It's different than when I first started. And I think every entrepreneur is going to go through that journey where you're, I call it going from the outside in versus the inside out. So what I mean by that is we're looking outside of us and saying, I like what that person's doing. I like what that person's doing. Ooh, what about them? I could do this and I could do that. And we start piecing these different things like we're trying on clothes almost, right? Uh-huh. Until we finally find something that feels good, but then we have to take it one step further and make it our own. And until we get to that point, we're really always going to be looking for that next thing that makes us feel lit up from the inside out. And that's when we know we found it, is when you feel that way. Wow, that's great. Great advice. Great wisdom. I think for sure. I think I'm still looking because I'm all over the place still too. I'm like, ooh, I could do that. Ooh, I could do that. Ooh, I could do that. There's all these things that I want to do and sometimes I take action on them and take action on them and other times I don't. But I'm still, yeah, I'm still kind of trying to figure that out, I think, for myself too because I'm so interested in so many things. But I'm, but like you said, I'm, I'm kind of looking for, you know, what's going to make the impact because ultimately you know, my, my background is in speech therapy and I, I got into it because I wanted to help people. Right. And so I still have that desire, but in understanding and knowing how to, uh, to build value online and how to help, you know, or in, in understanding how to do online business, I guess is what I should say. Uh, now I see everything as, you know, potential, right. And I'm like, Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I can see how I could, I, I could make that work for that business and I could make it work for that business and I could do this for that business. But then, like you said, then now all of a sudden I become somebody who's trading time for money and I also don't like that. But at the same time, if I'm trading my time for money to build something bigger than, you know, who I am, then then I guess it's kind of different, right? Because you have kind I, of I think it's about purpose. that balance. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, you're not going to want to always and only trade time for money, right? But right. At some, and obviously you don't. But what I mean by that is like when you choose, now you're at a point where you can choose to invest yeah. your time in somebody else. Yes. And that's the beauty of it. Like you get to decide where your yeah. time is spent rather than somebody else owning somebody your else. time, right? Like that's the job. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and I've, I've yeah. said on past episodes of this podcast that, you know, you're either, you're either building your own dream or you're, you're built, you're either building somebody else's dream or you're building your own. And, and your own can look like whatever you want it to be, right? Whereas if it, you're building somebody else's, then it looks like what they want it to be. So That's so true. Yeah. And when you're finally done, I'll tell you, like, that's the moment you know when you're done, that's when there's no looking back. I mean, there's just comes a time when you're just finally like, I am absolutely done 
doing this for somebody else, uh-huh. at least for me. Yep. I know there are some really amazing people out in the world who are so good at like sticking it out, even though it's uncomfortable or even though it's monotonous or whatever, because that's, they can do that. I've never been able to do that. Me I either, you know, I'm like, Nope, you got to move on. Cause I, if I can't give you a hundred percent of me, then I'm doing you a disservice. That's and right. so why show up every day? That's like right. I just, I just can't do it. Yep. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. That that's how I was too. I, I I worked in the school districts for a while, and I remember one day um, I went to go pick up some kids to do speech therapy with, and I I somehow or maybe I was dropping them off, and I somehow got talking with uh, with the the teacher, and he he was a third grade teacher, and he had like twenty years in, and as I was kind of talking to him, I guess it was just one of those days he just had a really rough day, and we kind of started talking, and he just kind of blurted out, and he said ten years. And I said, what? And he goes, 10 years. He's like, if I can just stick this out for 10 more years, he said, I can retire and I'll be fine. You know? And he said, you know, now he was a great teacher. I think he was just having a bad day. But at the same time in my head, I thought 10 years. <laughs> you know? I was right. like, oh my gosh, you're really just going to suck it up for 10 years. You know, I'm going, wow, I, I'm sorry, but there's a lot you can do. You know, if this wasn't something you wanted to do for the next 10 years, which I think it was, as I said, I think he was just having a bad day, but I just went, Oh, I, I couldn't do it. I just, I couldn't do it in something I didn't no, like to do. So, but I think, like I said, I think he did. I think he loved what he was doing. He just, it was just a rough day. And <laughs> I want to expound, right. I want to expound real quick on that comment. You said that as an entrepreneur, or at least you did, um, and several other people do I actually have the same feeling is the feeling that you are here for a greater purpose to help other people or whatever it may be that makes you feel like there's a greater purpose. So me personally, I feel like that. And if I don't accomplish what I want to in a day, it kind of gives me a little bit of depression because I have that greater purpose. And so I feel like if I help, if I'm not productive every day, it kind of puts me into the spiral down, which isn't always good because I mean, important part is also spending with your family can be a successful day. But again, back to that importance of it's a greater purpose. So, I mean, that's the whole reason for this podcast. There's the passion for starting. This was, we wanted, it wanted to bring everyone an opportunity to cash flow. And what we mean by that is by real estate, by every single side hustle possible out there, we can possibly help someone to generate some income and change their life. So that's the whole passion for this. The greater, that greater, um, I just lost my train of thought. That, that greater, the greater ne- mission. Yeah. The greater mission. So that's kind of yeah. the whole reason for this. It's, it's not system necessarily to monetize it, which obviously we will, but that's not the mission of this podcast, I guess is my point. Right. Well, I think that's just really cool. I have a personal mission that I would like to see come to fruition that involves children. I think, and I think that part of the reason I homeschool my kids, I think that our public school system is, you know, failing our children to teach them how to think like an entrepreneur and how to, you know, like understand how to make money in online business and all of the things that we talk about and creating cash flow from real estate all the way through to online business. I actually thought about doing that locally. Um, that's I would say that's probably in my five year game plan because I have to give myself a realistic time frame. Um, (laughs) otherwise I'd be like, I haven't done it yet. Yeah. Yeah. I'm (laughs) Um, failing. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But I would love to go into our high school here and start an, uh, 
uh, kind of like a, a vocational program where I can start teaching yeah. high school kids yeah. how to create online businesses, even if they just want to be a VA. Not that I really am a strong proponent of that because of this right. time for money exchange, but a skill set that they could walk into college with or take into the world that is different than what they've ever experienced in yeah, school. Yeah, and been taught. Yeah. So, so we, yeah. we, we homeschool our kids as well. Uh, my family does. And, and yeah, I can't tell you how glad I am. I mean, again, through all the ups and downs over the last, you know, 12 years since I started my online business, I, like you said, it's, it's brought me to where I am now, right? Like you sat and talked about kind of your past and you're like, oh, you know, for 20 years, I want to get out of the car business and blah, blah, blah. But it's brought you to where you are and you have the skills that you have because of that 20 years of education, more or less, right? And so, mm -hmm. so I look at I look at my life and being able to homeschool my kids, and we get to have conversations all the time, right? And I talk to them about, you know, hey, if you want to go out and do something, do it, you know, go out and do it. And and like you said, I don't think that's taught in schools. And at least with a little bit of the education we've had, we can kind of pass that on and say, well, here's how you would do that. You know, here's what this looks like if if. My kids, for example, they love to dance. Um, I have five five daughters, and uh, the older ones love love dance and they love improv and they love all these different things. And we've talked before because my oldest is starting to get close to the age where she could start working if she wanted to, and I mean before sixteen. And and so I've talked to her. I said, you know, hey, look, if if this is something that you want to pursue, you know, you can make videos to show people how to do certain types of ballet steps, or you could make, you know, blog web, uh, blog posts, you could make a website, you could make this, you could start just doing something as small as doing a Pinterest board on gathering stuff about information about dance and the types of equipment you would need and the types of clothing and the shoes and just whatever, right? And so I'm able to talk with them about all of that and, and kind of, like you said, open their mind to it because I know for me, it wasn't until, I guess, 12 years ago when I started my site, when I started thinking there's got to be, there's got to be something else. There's got to be something else other than just going to work every day and, and working this job and going home. And that's it. You know, like I wanted, for some reason, I wanted more, you know, I thought there, there's got to be something else, just that greater purpose, right? And that's when I was kind of opened up to the whole idea of, holy cow, you know, all of the stuff that you see now, now today has all just been stuff that somebody just had an idea and executed mm -hmm. very well. You know, now you want to compare, you know, the log home sales guy in Northern Idaho to Amazon. Well, it's the same thing really, because it was somebody who had an idea of something that they wanted to do. And they broke away from the, I'm just going to go to work from nine to five and then I'm going to go home and I'm going to do whatever, have my hobbies, etc. They took their yeah. idea and they executed on it. And so that, like you said, I don't think that that is taught much if at all in in schools these days it's just you know learn what you need to learn get the get the information you need to get so that you can go out and work for somebody else and that's fine there's nothing right. wrong with that but but it just it just like you said it gets it gets uh people thinking well the biggest problem i have with the school system is you are not allowed to fail and that is the only yeah. way that you grow in this world is yep. by failing and yep. that is the biggest mistake frowned upon yep that's so true. And I need that lesson too. That's good for me. I, I'm a bit of a perfectionist, so I really, you know, I don't give myself enough grace. I think when things don't go the way I want, I mean, obviously I, I know that going into it, but still, you know, it's still frustrating every time, but yeah. you know, that, um, 
my 13 year old, he goes to, uh, he's in middle school. He's in band. So he's, he's a very social kid. He's the one kid that we don't homeschool. He, he tried it and he just really thrived in the public school setting. Yeah. And he's a good student and kind of does his own thing. Well, he's like your daughter. He's at that age where he's about to be able to make money. And uh-huh. what is it like once they hit 13, everything they want is a thousand bucks. Like, yes. <laughs> I want a new computer. I want a new cell phone. I want this. It's like, <sighs> oh my stars. Okay. Yep. Well, I told him, I said, you know, you spend quite a bit of time on YouTube. Why don't you start researching how to build a Shopify store? Mm-hmm. This, this child is not the kind of kid that you can go tell him what to do because he'll do the complete opposite. Uh-huh. So I didn't. I just said, you know, you do spend a lot of time here. Why don't you explore that option? And I said, I'm only going to give you one piece of advice, and that's this. <clears throat> do not choose a product that you like. Choose a product, do the research, find out what sells. Yeah. And you figure out how to start that store. And he, in 30 days, he started his store. He built his landing page. He threw out some pins. I never saw any of his pins. Okay. I, I don't even know. I think he did like three. And he sold his first dog collar. He, he sold glow-in-the-dark dog collar. Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. <laughs> I am so proud of that boy. I'm like, man. And you know what's so funny is I think I was more ecstatic about it than he than was. Than he was. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, this is a collar, Mom. I'm like. You made a sale. Exactly. So <laughs> That's right. You did that all on your own. That's awesome. Yes. That's so great. The lesson, yes. the lesson from that he can't learn in school. That's 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 right. That's right. Right. And yep. and he could have failed. And if he would have well, and I mean failed. I mean, you think of the stuff that he learned, it's not failing. But but he could have not sold. That's that's I guess what I should have said. He could have not sold anything, but hey, look, now you know how to put a Shopify store together. Now you know how to do a little bit of social media. You know, there's always those lessons that yep. are learned from it. And yeah, whereas in school, if you wouldn't have made a sale, then it's looked at as a failure and you get an F. And oh Well, I think the biggest know. lesson he learned was I warned him when he went into it, I said, Shopify costs you twenty nine dollars a month to host it, right? That's the yep. expense. That's it. Like yep. I said, you're gonna really not want to dilly dally on this because you're gonna find that you'll have a twenty nine dollar monthly bill. You need to go in and get this thing to work right away. And yeah. I warned him about that. Yeah. And sure enough, the first month, like his first bill came up and said, Well, I don't have the twenty nine dollars. I'm like, All right. Yeah. I will cover it, but you owe me the money back. And this right. is the last time I'm helping you. Like, yeah. You have to make it work. I'm yep. kind of hard on him because I know how stubborn he is. <laughs> sure, sure. And so he went in and he did it. And sure enough, within like by the next time he had sold his first caller, I'm like, okay, this is nice. great. Now you can do it. So we're, we're talking about like making some videos for him yep, and starting YouTube ads and stuff like that. Yes. And what, what better way? I mean, what great ways to, I mean, great ways to spend time with your kids too, right? Is you're educating and you're each, you know, and you're enjoying each other's time and, and you're learning at the same time. That's great. That's so true. Yeah. So I have one other quick question for you and, and hopefully we can keep it quick. Um, or cause I know that this can open up a can of worms, but I, I, I'm going to ask you to try not to open up a can of worms. I just wanted to get your perspective as you, so you said early on that you, you are the breadwinner of your family. Give us, um, I talked about, we, we talked about a little bit in our first episode when we started this, this season two and we discussed entrepreneurship and how it's important to have your spouse on board and I wanted to kind of get your take on that as far as what have you done to to kind of get your, to have your spouse on board and, and have they been, and again, without opening up a can of worms, because I'm sure it's different for everybody. But um, what, what have you done 
what what have you and your husband done to to kind of be on the same page as far as with all the things that you've done entrepreneur wise well when i told you i left the car business to apprentice as a real estate investor that was back in 07 Uh i was I was basically trying, that was back before you had to have a license to be a loan officer. So I was actually working as an apprentice to a loan officer and I was calling in, uh, for sale by owner people okay. and doing open houses. Okay. And I met a man who was a real estate investor and I did an open house for him and he was very wealthy and invited me <laughs> to work for him. That's how I got into that. Oh, nice. Well, he ended up becoming my husband. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. So he was already That's an entrepreneur, essentially. He was, okay. yes. And he had like tons of houses. Unfortunately, the market crashed. Right. And I know you guys, have, I, if you've talked to anybody who's been through that, like that was a massive mental thing for so many real estate yes. uh, guys, you know? Yes. And he was one of those. And then, of course, we had kids and then he was the stay-at-home dad and he just, he could never like do real estate and be the stay-at-home dad at the same time, and we weren't wanting to put our kids in um, public or daycare. So uh-huh. I ended up, you know, working full time, and it just kind of happened that way. So okay. his mindset is right for entrepreneurialism. Like as far as that goes, he believes in me. Um, where we struggled the most—I mean, not to get too deep into it—but yeah. essentially was that balance between family time and work because work I was working the nine to five and then I would try to work my business yeah. in the, in the after time. Right. And that would like collide with our family time. Yep. And one of you, and I'm not sure which one earlier was talking about, um, how it was a challenge, um, finding that balance. I, uh, like, where you where you're excited to work on your business, and so sometimes it's like you feel like there's still so much more to do that it's hard to turn it off and actually yes. go spend time with your family. Yep. Um, and so I kind of could fall into that too because I could see like I know that I can get this done if I could just get this done, I could get here. Yep. And it just once you get into it, like it feels like it could just take even longer and even longer. I will say this though, even though that was a challenge for us and it was a rocky road there for sure, I actually wrote a book about it. Like I didn't publish it yet because I'm kind of waiting to see like what this next five years unfolds, if I should just like add to my book or if I should publish it. Uh But it, it really talked about how as a female, as a primary income earner, as a mom, like making that transition with a spouse who I would say wasn't even though he believed in my mission, he wasn't there for me emotionally, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so that was the biggest struggle. I felt very alone, like having to keep my blinders on, having to keep myself going, even though, you know, I, I'm feeling guilty because the kids are outside playing and I'm not with them, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So my, my own struggle. So that's kind of been my journey, like through that. But in this last few years, he's really come. it's It's ironic. Like as I've come into my own, he's, coming into like seeing the vision he's like yeah this is going to be great you're almost there honey and he went through it too when he went from his w2 to being a full-fledged um real estate investor like he remembered that experience of 
like making that transition and how scary it was when he got his first big check and you know all yeah. the things that you go through yeah. he's like i can see it is you know you're you're doing it and i'm right here with you like now he's finally on board like on board. <laughs> but it's, yeah. been, it's been a little while sure yeah it's certainly it's certainly not as glamorous as i think some people think that it is i have a good friend of mine who i talked to her i don't know once in a while and the last time we talked i kind of was bringing up some of the stuff that we were doing and she's like, Oh, just, I mean, just a big cheerleader, you know, just, Oh, wow. Look at you. That's great. You know, yada, yada, yada. And she goes, yeah, me and my husband, we wouldn't want to do something like that and all this kind of stuff. And, Oh, it just looks so awesome. And I'm like, yeah, well, it's not as glamorous as you think it is. <laughs> it, it well, has and it's, it's hard when you both have like, yeah. And it's hard when one, one person's super eager about an idea and the other one only sees the pitfalls and then yeah. it becomes, you know, and even moving to Idaho, like leaving Arizona and moving out here, our dream was the same, yeah. but we used to argue over just how to get there. I think every couple goes through that. Sure. Um, but the fact that we've been able to get through it is really the beautiful part, you know, and that's yes. the story. Yes, for sure. You, made, you moved from hot to cold? Yeah. I, you know what? I didn't even visit here ever before we bought our house. Like I had... We, wow. I, I wanted to live in a place that had seasons. I wanted green. I was, I I was born and raised in Arizona. I was tired of the brown every, yeah, everywhere I looked. (laughs) Same. Yeah. Same look all the time. Yep. Yeah. I love it here. I wouldn't change it for the world. Where where are you guys? Well, I grew up in Utah, but I moved to Florida and I can say I don't miss Utah. See, I I don't, (laughs) I'm, I'm, I, I actually grew up in Idaho as well. And, uh, and I, I, I love the seasons of Idaho, but yeah, we're in, we're in Florida right now and we're, we kind of experience, I mean, it's a little greener here than Arizona, but we, uh, we experience the same thing where we don't really have seasons. I mean, it gets cold, it rains and that's about it. Sure we do. It's hot, hot and hot. <laughs> right. <laughs> Arizona. Yeah. Well, gosh, thanks Lindsay so much for all of your time today. And, uh, the last thing we want to leave you with is uh where where can people find you if they want to learn more about you and what you're doing um tell us tell us kind of where you're where you're located in the digital world you know the best place to find me is on my website the passive income examiner.com and my podcast is the passive income examiner um i've got a mastermind coming up for business owners that may want to you know develop a passive strategy and we can kind of collaborate and we're going to build out focus groups and really help you know, bring these products to the market, put the tech behind them, and then put the strategy behind it as far as marketing goes. So it's an eight-week program. You can find out about that on my website um, at thepassiveincomeexaminer.com forward slash mastermind. Okay, perfect. So if you have quite more questions and you want to you wanna reach out to Lindsay and kind of see more what she's doing, then reach out to her, to her there. Um, again, thank you for... Uh, your time today, Lindsay. And we, I I feel like this is, man, there's a lot of great nuggets in this, in this episode. So thank you very much. And we will see you next time. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you found value in it, please share it with someone, you know, who is looking for ways to generate extra income. New episodes come out every Friday. If you want to know the second they are available, hit that subscribe button and leave us a review about how today's episode will increase your cash flow or get in touch with us on our website at doyoucashflow.com.